Hey everybody, this is Allison Summers. Just a reminder that Michael and I are not experts, we're not doctors, we're not scientists, but uh, we're just speaking about sobriety through our own experience. So take it, leave it, do what you want with it. We're also not affiliated with any uh, programs about sobriety that have anything to do with that. So enjoy the potty. It's the Sloppy Sober Podcast with Michael That's amazing. Do you think that being, if you had not not been sober during this time, do you think that you would have been able to go and do this? I would not have been able to sustain it. Okay. I'll say, uh, because when I started school, I was still drinking and I can timeline this because I know one of my very first video projects I turned in, I was trashed when I made it, (laughs) but I definitely would like, cause with my schedule being the way it is, I, a lot of the time have to wake up early and get my homework done to get it done in time. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I were still drinking. Um, So uh, welcome to the, Sloppy Summer Podcast. I'm Michael Yetman. With me is Allison Summers. Hey, everybody. And today is another Chaser episode, and we have a guest who is the co-founder of Tiny Stage Comedy. Um, you can also follow her comedy on Instagram, Rowan Young Comedy, and host of the Drenched Podcast. Is that all right? That's all right. All right, Rowan Young, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I actually have a question because I'm new to Tennessee and I am, uh, I came into Nashville into the thick of like big city comedy. I'm from a small scene and uh, I feel like I relate to Knoxville's comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 150,000 people, right, in Knoxville. It's not About, huge. Yeah. Um, what was that transition like for you being sober in a smaller community like that? Because in Nashville, I know a lot of comedians, but I wouldn't say I'm friends with a lot. I don't that sounds terrible, but yeah, but like in Knoxville, I imagine a lot of the comedians are like also real life friends, yes, especially in my shows that I do. We are truly a community, we work together, we support each other, not just. I mean, yeah, the jokes, the shows, that's a part of it, but also we support each other. We take care of each other. And I was able to figure out who those good, solid people in my life are. That all became really clear when I quit drinking. Just all the connections and the relationships that were fundamental to my well-being became very prevalent. Now, for me, I left the country drinking from mm-hmm. my scene. I leave the country and I came back to my home scene mm-hmm. sober. And I kind of felt like um, an outsider in my own hometown, kind of in this way. And it was just a one year difference. Uh, yes. Do you feel that at all being in your scene sometimes where you feel a little bit outside the, the group? I do. Well, you know, I do when I go to shows that aren't, not my own show, not all shows that aren't, but generally like if I go to out to the open mics, which I don't do as much <laughs> or, because I, yeah, when I went back into our scene, I was newly sober and, you know, the pandemic was 
kind of coming to an end. And I, my roommate already tells me I have what's called Harry Potter syndrome, where I just like don't ever feel like I fit in anywhere. I feel like, I think it's just my anxiety, but I truly felt like an alien. I was like, oh God, this is worse than it's ever been. Uh, I just have extreme social anxiety and that hasn't changed. I mean, I still feel that way when I go to open mics. (laughs) I feel like, okay, so what you're saying, and do you identify as just like, this is a weird question, but identify, do you identify as as an alcoholic or just someone who doesn't drink? Does that make sense? That really does make sense. That's something that I've thought about a lot because I did choose to quit drinking before any it got bad, um, but I knew it would. And so I do identify as an alcoholic because I know that I can't, when I start drinking, I can't stop. I can't control myself. Yeah. And it's not good. I get, I get. Yeah. The, the, reason, the reason why I asked that is because I, I didn't want to say what you're saying is what a lot of alcoholics identify with. So I didn't want to be like, Oh, you're an alcoholic. If you're just like, you, you know what I mean? If you just, yeah. Choose, um, yeah. So, it's but, really important that we can label you. I just didn't want you to be like, well, I'm actually not an alcoholic. I just like stopped drinking. I actually, I super relate to that kind of side of, we've talked about this mm-hmm. and like, uh, I got out of drinking before anything really drastic happened to me which yes. but it was on the horizon sure. common. Um, that's very common and most alcoholics that I know have that feeling of I don't belong anywhere mm-hmm. and I don't know what that is but I identify with that but I always had growing up like I've always had groups of friends from every sort of circle yeah and, but never known always felt like oh I'm just on the edge I'm on the cusp you know what I mean I yes I really do know what you mean yeah the summer before I quit drinking I broke every finger on one hand (laughs) 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 yeah um so that's like one of my low points so that was one of the things I was just like all right if you're gonna keep writing you're gonna need your fingers Oh God! I was falling asleep on the train in China. I like snuck by Joe onto the train and got hammered on the way home from an open mic. So I actually <laughs> left my my now wife was we were just dating. I left her at an open mic because I bombed so I blacked out, bombed really hard on stage, and my wife brought a new coworker to come see me. Uh-huh. I walked off the stage right out of the club, got right on the train, left her. You are asleep on the way home. <laughs> Gentlemen. Well, you know, that patient, patient woman. <laughs> I think that before it gets bad, like quote unquote, it's like that could be so many different things, right? You yeah, you don't have to lose everything. And I think that a lot of people are like, well, I don't have a problem because I'm not out on the streets and it's like nah like you can really fuck up relationships or be stuck in bad relationships oh, yeah. um oh man so i wonder yeah the stuck in bad relationships that one hits a little close to home because <laughs> that is that is me truly truly me being like unable to get out of a pattern of relationships that mm-hmm. was just 
reoccurring that until I got sober, I was not able to like go to therapy. I was, I was in therapy mm-hmm. while drinking. And my therapist at one point was like, I think that you have a drinking problem. <laughs> and no. my response was, yeah, I know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know that. But what about this? <laughs> like, that's how, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I have a problem, but like this relationship I'm in, what about that? You know, yes. um, what's the problem there? And it's yeah. like, putting it on all of these other external things instead yeah. of actually finally having to go within. Yeah. When you are in the scene and you're sober, what did you notice artistically for yourself? going in and approaching production versus what you were doing before? Well, oh my gosh. I mean, I have more time for logistics. Let's just say that. I mean, I was running like one show before I quit drinking, like one monthly, and now we have five. So I just, I'm able to, I have, it's, a huge part of it is that when you, time when you wake up in the morning and you wake up at seven and you've got all this time to work and you feel fine yeah. Yeah. and you can work out and then you figure out you start working out and then you have more energy and but another thing is at the end of my show well okay so I would finish my set and then I would get a drink I never drank even before before I went up which was a good thing but afterwards I was like all right let's go <laughs> and so I would start drinking and keep drinking and keep drinking. And then, you know, I wouldn't remember or be actively paying attention to the other comic sets on my own shows. Like, you know, that's absurd. And then I would just use so much energy that night that I definitely didn't have and stay up too late, dehydrate myself. And then usually I have to, I was, geez, I was a teacher for a lot of this. When I was drinking a lot, a lot, a lot, I was a preschool teacher. So I would go and even not just my own shows, but like shows out of town. So I would drive four hours to do a gig out of town, get back like, and be drink out drinking. Be, I sometimes would drive. Sometimes I had someone else driving, but you know, you'd get home two, 3 AM and then have to be there at seven for car line. And what a fucking nightmare yeah just having to do that sober seems like it's uh... (laughs) not sustainable that's for sure Uh, did you struggle at all kind of like with that extra time this is something because I'm still relatively new to all this time yeah I can't devote it all to it, it would be crazy now to redump all this new time just into this one thing. So oh, yeah. finding out like what the rest of me is or being a whole person, I guess. Yeah. What what's your what's your been ugh, what has been like <laughs> for the morning, Rowan? And I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> what has been your approach to like facing that time, facing that new emptiness that you're facing? Oh my gosh, I love that. Facing that new emptiness that I'm facing. I don't know. <laughs> How's that answer? Well, okay. <laughs> what what have you what did you find yeah. that you when which I am assuming college is, is one of the things, but how did you go about finding what you liked to do? Sure. Well, okay. I'll start with a huge decision at the root of why I quit drinking was to find myself 
And the goal of that was to make better art. It's always, I'm always just like, okay, how can I further my art and get all these things that I feel like I have inside of me out? And I found, this was right when I quit drinking, I found, um, do you know the book called The Artist's Way? Have you yeah. It's a little cheesy, but I worked through the whole, I worked through the whole book and I can handle the cheese because I, I overall liked the message it was giving, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, there's a lot within it, but one of the big things I got from it is to just do what you want and what you love and what interests you, whether it's, I'm really into bugs. So, you know, <laughs> okay, honest, okay, this is wild, Rowan, so am I. Really? Yes. You bug girl? <laughs> no, look, I don't freak you guys out. I'm absolutely not into bugs at all. <laughs> That's okay. Bugs <laughs> are so interesting to me. They're so interesting, and they have this intricate life and this world, and so small, and they go so unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And like working with children, and one of my schools was a nature school, so I spent a lot of time pointing out the small, th- and I think that my purpose in life is getting kids to care about nature. I think that's part of my whole deal on earth is just because if we notice, if we start to notice those little things as kids, especially, hopefully that'll instill that love of nature. And then they'll want to be a scientist and help save us. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, I think that's actually interesting. I found myself, I don't like bugs. A lot of just personal reasons. I like to keep it professional. (laughs) <laughs> you know like i don't want to interfere with your existence but we don't have to hang i however um i do find myself obsessed with new little things so mine is cooking yeah. so now it's about like appreciating each ingredient that goes into what i'm in like yes. slows down and i wonder if that's part of it as well if you're you're got all that time you might as well take the time to enjoy or meditate or whatever so exactly and I I knew I knew how hard quitting drinking was going to be because of all that quiet stillness that I I meditate I love Buddhism I'm not a Buddhist but my dad was a Buddhist and so I was raised with some of that and mindfulness has been I, I read books on mine and listen to podcasts on mindfulness that's been one of the most you're preaching helpful. to the converted you're preaching yeah. to the converted. <laughs> I got Alan Watts when I go to bed at night just ripping through my headphones yeah mm-hmm. I'm there with you. yeah um, okay so I'm curious when you decided to get sober what did you do Damn. All right. Let me think. We're looking so, for the silver bullet here. The answer is going to There's no right or wrong way. Just it, curious. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little story. So people, cause people ask me a lot, why'd you quit drinking? And I noticed the answers are, are different. Um, but I'll share with you guys and then I'll answer your question. I'll give you one of my ADHD answers. I was with a group of girlfriends and we were just, um, shooting the shit drinking sangria and I said something kind of mean about one of our mutual friends and I heard it come out of my mouth and I was like dude no that's the kind of thing like you say it to the person and I was like shit I said that because I'm drinking and I'm not in control of I'm just saying things mindlessly and I, I they didn't feel like me or who I, who I was. So I was just in that moment when I said that thing about him, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And that was the last time I drank. And I, I don't know. I just said no more. And that's that. And 
it, it's not like it was the, like, it wasn't like, I was like, Oh God, I got to go drink. I got to go drink. But mm-hmm. when I went out to Mike's and to, to bars, that's when it became hard when the social element came into play. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, sometimes I would, t- I have some really good friends and I would say, Hey, like I'm, having a hard time being around boost tonight and just sometimes just saying it is enough to you feel like you've got that off your chest like your secrets out you know yeah I texted you one time when I was having um I was just having a moment and I was just like hey Allison I feel like drinking and I just wanted to talk to somebody and you had the kindest words and then I felt better because I think when I want to drink that's when I feel you feel alone Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. I feel for me it, in sobriety, when I wanted to drink, it's been all different things. Like yeah. I used to, I drank pretty much for any reason, but yeah. if I get super excited about something, that's kind of a, I, my, I kind of don't allow myself to get really excited about things anymore. And I think because it's actually a trigger, which is sort of weird. It's like, Oh, then, oh. then I don't, I feel like I'm just on this plane which yeah. is very strange. Um, yeah. but I think it's to protect myself Yeah. Um, from wanting to drink, but, um, I know that feeling of being like, I am alone. I don't fit in. Mm-hmm. It's like some, whatever happens, it's like that sort of spiraling feeling of like, yeah. I want to connect so badly, but yeah. I am not able to, I am alone, but then yeah being able to say, to reach out to somebody and say, I feel like this. And then having them say, this is normal. Like this is, you are not alone. Exactly. This is just part of it. And it's difficult and it's challenging, but if you can just not drink today, Mm -hmm. then you'll be so happy when you wake up in the morning. That exactly. And that is part of why the hard days are worth it because of how proud I feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. I, so I went to a wedding recently and I, it was my first wedding as a non-drinker. Oh God, <laughs> weddings suck when you don't drink. They fucking blow. Yes. yes. Yeah, they fucking. Yes. And uh, but what yeah. was wild, like those initial introductions and everybody had their drinks and oh. I was like, this is a nightmare there's but so then, many people that's the happiest day of their life, and Allison's in the back room. <laughs> they better have a good dinner. Or lose my mind. I'll take my gift back. <laughs> Listen, and I'm vegan and gluten free, and I couldn't eat any of the food. So I was starving. But then by the end of the night, okay, there were games, and that was if there's games, I, that helps me. I'm wait, they're playing games at a wedding. Yeah, yeah, there was beanbag. Wait, what's it called? Cornhole. Corn bag. Corn bag. Bago. Um, bag. Wait, so they just had cornhole at their wedding. Was it, was it a barn wedding? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, cornhole, thank God. <laughs> I go find the kids. I start playing. I, I like you, like, I try not to get too excited or too low. Like I try to stay even, but I think my ADHD makes me very excitable. (laughs) Cornhole baby. (laughs) All right. But did you have to, whenever you're going through that process of learning to talk to your friends and be like, Hey, I'm having a rough night or whatever. 
did you have to kind of figure out who who's going to be a person that can give you a response? Like my yeah. example would be like, God lover, my mom has never drank. My mom has never had this kind of kind of an affliction in her life that I'm aware yeah. of. Mm -hmm. um, so her responses are genuinely her trying to be helpful and sweet, mm -hmm. but they're very much like, well, it's okay, sweetie, just don't. And just it's don't. like, yeah. I, I, I don't think you get what I'm looking for here. Yeah. And, and not just with drinking, just with kind of anything hard in life. You do, as you get older, you do learn who those people are that, cause I think you have different friends for different things. And there are some friends that can just sit with you through those moments and not try to fix it. And um, so lucky I have those friends, but mm -hmm. then there's some friends that, you know, I'm like, I'm, I need a car, a ride. My car's broke down or I need like so yeah, the the friends that are, because I'm a fixer, so I'm probably not the friend that somebody wants maybe to sit and in silence, I could work on that. But like, I'm the friend that will be there with a meal and a ride mm -hmm. and all that. Um, so, you know, I don't want to ask things of certain friends that's not, that's not the way they give, but I am lucky to have those few people that I, that just really come through every time. Yeah. And my mom's one of them because she she understands because she has had some of the same struggles and I, oh, there's a lot of um, substance stuff in my family. So there's uh, my grandma. also. she she's a good person to talk to who she's very proud of me. I'll send her screenshots of my uh, little app that counts how many days it's been. So I'm at a year and seven months today. Hey. Wow. Nice. That's big Congrats. time. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so speaking of family. Yeah, we're heading into the holidays. Yeah. Yes. So it's coming. So for your holiday stuff, what whatever it is that you celebrate, maybe you don't. Um, do you have any, are there any things that you do to have boundaries, protect yourself, um, keep yourself sane? Because this is can be a very delicate time for people in early sobriety or in just regular old long time, you know, sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. And geez, was I, I was sober last Christmas, wasn't I? Um, I was also, I was living, <laughs> I was living with my boyfriend at the time who that Aaron he moved here from oh. Kansas city and we lived together for a little while. We're still very close friends, but that was one of those relationships where I was definitely like, looking outside of myself for happiness and so yeah him and I it was cool having him here though because we you know we played games and we played in the snow and um he was he's all I'm I'm like a let's go do this let's go do that and part of that -ness is me distracting myself from yes. all the stuff but he was always very down to play same, mm -hmm. so same. But the older I get, the more I'm like, no, you know what? Let's just not do anything. Yeah, I'm more. I putter around the house a lot. That's my new thing. I always have a new little project in the house. What are you working on? Uh, just everything. I just oh, like, <laughs> little hey, little just little. Yeah. Do you complete them? Do you complete most them? of them? Yeah. It's good. Most all of them. Sure, that's good. I have good. a list that's that never ends. It never that's ends. Okay. I heard this helpful piece of advice on a podcast once that was like, your to-do list will never be to done. Empty. It'll never be to done. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so That's funny. 
<laughs> feels like it would be on like a driftwood and some Timothy Holland. I need that in my house. That and I don't know if either of you are inventors, but I'm trying to get a hold of one of those singing fish, but I want it to sing Lizzo. Why Lizzo? Uh, I just think that would be a funny song for the fish to be singing. I like it. Which one? Truth Hurts, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, for people who are listening and that are struggling, is there anything that you, any words of Rowan wisdom that you could throw their way? Um, Carry little rocks in your pocket. That's my... And what does that mean? What does that mean? So I don't know if I, I don't know if the the spiritual properties of these quartz that I carry around actually uh, help the vibes, but I do know. Have you heard of like Memento Mori? Oh yeah, come on with it, sister. All right, I don't know what this is. Remember your death. You got to live in the yeah. moment, doesn't? Yeah. And so I'll touch my little rock or whatever little thing I have. And I'll just be like, I'm going to be this one day. Um, You know, everything's so short and cyclical. And that just brings me back to the moment. So I'm like, what two beautiful, gorgeous people in front of me talking about our struggles and our hopes and dreams. And that's a beautiful thing. And so when I can bring myself back to the moment and what's happening in front of me, that is the the deepest peace of mind I'm ever able to achieve. I love you. I love you. That's so, that's so special. And now I want to carry a rock in my pocket. You must at now all times. A rock in my pocket. A rock in the pocket. Oh, I want to a bird in the bush. Rocky in my pocket. A little rocky in your pocket. Um... I'm going to get you one. I'll get you a special rock. Okay. I know that we're probably wrapping up here, but I I want to say to all those listening, if you don't um, follow Rowan, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Uh, follow Rowan. She does run some amazing shows. One of my favorite shows in Knoxville, the Cat Cafe show, but check her out and you will not be disappointed. This has been so nice. I don't get to talk about being sober that much with people except my therapist.